Hello, you're listening to Eve, Where Are You? A show designed to confront toxic practices against women in the church. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Davis, conflict coach and resolutionist. So recently, I had the opportunity to be interviewed by Black Authors Matter TV. We sat down and we talked about women in the church and women in ministry. And in having this conversation with two women that I was meeting for the very first time, it fascinated me that their stories were so identical to so many other women that I have talked to over the years who are experiencing the very same things. So let's go in and listen to it right now. The next guest is Nicole Davis. And this kind of leads into the conversation we just had with William because her her book is about gender bias in the Christian church. And the name of her book is Eve, Where Are You? And um, she's going to tell us what... There you, you are, and, and we can Hi. hear you as well. Hi, how are you doing? Oh. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing how are both great. of you? <laughs> Thank you for coming to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so let's get right into the Eve, where are you? Um, one, what motivated you to write this book? And Tell us what it's about. I, I, I mentioned briefly what it was about, but you tell us in your words what it's about. Well, what motivated me to write this book? Uh, that's quite a story. Uh, it actually began with my dissertation. I have a doctoral dissertation and that's entitled Women in Ministry, How Conflicts Between God's Purpose and Church Doctrine Impact the Efficacy of Female Church Leaders. And so even in my choosing to write about that, it, that wasn't actually my choice. I wanted to write on leadership from a federal government perspective. I work for the federal government, I'm prior military, and so I have a natural interest in that. Well, but we during my, huh? <laughs> so we have a lot in common. <laughs> yes, yes, I've heard you talk about it. Yes, and we can talk <laughs> about that at another time. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear it. And so while I was uh, doing my, you know, you know, you go through that phase where you're trying to figure out what you want your dissertation to be about because you're going to spend so much time on that topic that you really need to fall in love with it. And so okay. leadership is that for me. But so while I was doing my research to figure out what, uh, I had an encounter with my son and my older son, he's 27 now, but he was just newly out of college when we had this conversation. And he was questioning me about my stance on uh, women leadership in the church because I was a leader in the church at the time, uh, but the church that we were attending, although they would utilize women in leadership roles, they were not willing to ordain women as pastors. And so when my son came back from college, he wanted to learn more about that instead of just going back to the church because we had all had been there, he wanted to make the decision for himself if that's where he wanted to be. And so when he found out that that was their stance, he challenged me on it. And it was in that moment that, uh, and I said, I told him it didn't matter to me. And it really didn't because I never took those, those messages personally that women couldn't do or couldn't be in the church. I heard them, but 
I knew who I was, what I wanted, and I was going for it. And so when he asked me about it, the first thing I told him was, well, son, that doesn't matter to me. I don't care about that. Well, it was in that moment that I heard the Lord say to me, as clear as I'm talking to you, well, now I need you to care. And it wasn't that I wasn't interested in women. It wasn't that I wasn't working with women. I just didn't have, that wasn't a, a passion for me. It wasn't a source of, of uh, dissension or, you know, it didn't matter. I just didn't care. And so when he said that to me, he dropped it in me in such a way that not only do I care about it now, but I am impassioned to do all that I can to help other women and as well as churches who find themselves in a place where um, maybe they realize they've had the wrong stance on women and they're ready to make that shift. We're ready. To, I'm ready to have that conversation. And so now it is something that I'm really passionate about. That That is super, super amazing that you wrote about that because it happens more often than we think about. And just like you, at first you said you, it didn't matter to you. I think it really had to drop into your spirit and you really started to see things with other eyes before you could see that this discrimination actually does exist. I mean, I went to a church where the pastor didn't even let women read the scripture. Only men were allowed to read the scriptures. <laughs> you know, you yes. know, all, all the women were allowed to do was sing a song. Mm -hmm. I guess that was women's work. See, yeah. see the song that was right that's that was what we were good for oh and and of course teach bring sunday school teach sunday school did they teach <laughs> sunday school at the church um <laughs> where you were Rhonda? i'm trying to think that he let women teach sunday school i mean he basically taught the sunday school himself it was a small it must have been a small church it was a small church okay <laughs> but you're right. You're right. A lot of churches will allow women to teach Sunday school, mm -hmm. but you can't teach from the pulpit. You can't stand well, behind can't the same stand. podium. Yes, right. that's right. You're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna speak from the floor. You know, if you're gonna right. give the announcements, they're gonna it's gonna be right. from the floor, from the floor. Mm -hmm. and sing, and of course, bring in your money. All of those mm -hmm. things were welcome. Well, also, run it now. I'm a I'm a PK. People who watch this show know that, and mm -hmm. um. My father passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago today, as a matter of fact. Um, he was a pastor for many, many years. Um, he was called a priest the year I was born. He was a pastor for many years. Um, and he had retired. But um, initially, he had a very strong stance against women preaching. It was just tradition in the Baptist church. It just That just wasn't what was done. But over time, he, he became more receptive to it. And um, he actually ended up ordaining some female preachers. He came full circle because he was like totally against it. What made him, what made him I was a teenager. That's what, I, you took the question right out of my mouth. What happened? You know, I wasn't, um, I left home when I was 18 and I never, um, to go to college and I never lived at home again. So I don't know some of the progression, but I do know my brother, his namesake, who was really a born preacher, like preaching at five and six years old, he could do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was um, he went to school for ministry. And in the seminary where he went to school for ministry, there were several females in his class. He went to uh, where well, he got his master's at Howard. So I think my brother's exposure to going to school with female preachers helped enlighten my father. 
And some of those women were the first women that preached at the church, the women that my brother went to school with <laughs> at Howard. So um, he, I think he just, just realized that women have more to offer than just singing and teaching Sunday school. And mm -hmm. as I used to tease him about years ago, um, but I've said this to other men who still are living in the dark ages on this particular issue. Um, he, the women really have, have solid gifts to give to the church. Mm -hmm. And right. if you're just, if, if you're trying to use that scripture about women shouldn't speak, then don't be a hypocrite because if they shouldn't speak at all, then don't have them teaching Sunday school, right. don't have them organizing the pastor's anniversary and all of that, all the programs of the church. Yeah. Don't it. have them talking at all. If you're gonna, if you're gonna use that verse as the verse for not having them preach, I then see it a little bit different. Um, I mean, I agree with you totally, but what I see is that um, people try to use scripture saying that women shouldn't preach, but there are so many instances in the Bible where a woman had to step up and a woman had to take the lead. I mean, if I you, agree with that. I agree yeah, with that. Um, Deborah. I mean, but some people, they yeah. do, but some people, and I, it's one person I know in particular who's, you know, he's, and he's not even that old, but he's just, you know, his, his, he's just uh, in the dark ages on it. And I used to tell my dad, even before he'd gotten enlightened, that he ordained some preachers that he knew, male preachers, <laughs> he knew really were playing. I mean, they really were only doing it to get attention or because they thought that it would make them, you know, wealthy. Some people think they're gonna, it's like a come up. And so, you, you, you know, I used to tell them, you have to admit some of the people you've ordained really, really their calling is questionable. I'm just, you know, cause you know people by their fruit. That's how you know them by their fruit. So, and he, he would accept that from me. He would, he would accept some things I would say. He would take yes. him sort of in jest, but then it would make him think. So, mm -hmm. well, Dr. Nicole, um, how has um, the church actually responded to your book and to your work? Well, as you can imagine, it's mixed. Uh, you have those who, I'm going to tell you, of course, the women are so excited. There and there are men now. Okay, there are some women who are not because <laughs> there are some women who are the problem just as much as the men. In fact, they will carry the banner for the man to tell mm -hmm. the woman why she cannot preach. That's true. Uh, and so, so those women are just as much of an issue as the men. So it's been mixed. And even with my dissertation, and because a part of my book talks about the the participants' responses. And you had some of the men, you know, especially um, I, I had a couple of Baptists uh, who are diehard. You know, it is, mm -hmm. that is how I grew up. That is what I know. And so I, that is what I will do right. and, and stay there. Mm -hmm. But what I learned also in that is a number of these pastors who are much older now, if they didn't have a son or if their son isn't interested in preaching, and the gift is on the daughter, they really have no choice. And it's only when it hits home that they are forced 
to really have to deal with it. Like you said, Gwen, you had an inside with your dad that most women would not. And mm -hmm. so you could plant seed and say things to get him. He might not have moved in the moment, but he certainly right. was thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. what's going on now. Men who would not have changed because of life situations and the, the reality that the men either aren't competent, they're not there, um, or mm -hmm. uh, the women are who are available or are in the family. And if you want your church to go on, what are you going to do? Right. Well, I feel like I tell people this. God can call anybody. If God can make a rock cry out, and if God can make an ass talk, he can call a woman to preach if he chooses. And it's not for me to question someone's calling other than if they have horrible fruit. Some, some people either they weren't called or some people are called and then they go astray. You know, they, they go on the wrong path and they need to be still for a moment and stop leading the people when they are really struggling with their own sins and issues and all of that. But, um, I, you know, the body of Christ needs everyone. There's not, I mean, the, the, there's too much to be done to say, right. let's, we're gonna eliminate a whole gender of people and if if it was forbidden it would be explicit in the bible it wouldn't be subject <laughs> to interpretation like thou shalt not kill thou shalt not steal it would be a thou mm -hmm. shalt not if it was foreboding if it, if and people people interpret different things in different ways i heard one the same preacher i'm talking about because he's such a neanderthal on this he just he says so much i've had so many conversations with him but he said that um the scripture about uh, where it gives the, the characteristics for a minister, a good leader in the Bible, it says you should be the husband of one wife. So he interprets that to mean that it has to be a, only a man can be a husband and therefore you can't be a woman, can't be the pastor. And I said, well, to me, the operative word in that sentence is the word one, because they were having multiple wives. They had polygamy going on. And so in order to be a minister, you had to only have one wife. That, to me, that's the operative word in that sentence. And, you mm -hmm. know, we all can interpret things the way we want, but God did not say a woman shall not preach. That's not in the Bible. And so for those who want to interpret it that way, then I think you're out of order. But I, I, I think they're missing out on people who have a contribution, an amazing contribution to, to the body of Christ. And I, I just think, I think it hurts church growth. Well, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And a part of the book, the emphasis here is, you know, ladies, because you do have gifts and abilities that if the church does not want to accept who you are, because your ministry is beyond the church walls. This is to advance the kingdom. And I think we've gotten that mixed up. Mm -hmm. We took, we look at church work and we, we're, and it, it's not kingdom work that we are focusing on, which we can do that anywhere. We All are right. the church. We right. made the building where everything has to happen. And I want to get women to think differently about what it is that they have to offer. Because if the church is not going to accept you, then why continue to be there? And why can continue to be stifled in what it is that you have 
and why continue to struggle with who you are and if what God has put in you is for his glory and is to be used to help others because that's really what's important here. The leadership aspect of being in the church to me and what I have learned and discovered through reading and looking at the scriptures contextually, Jesus said, if you want to lead, you must serve. Right. And the, the mm -hmm. ones who are serving are the ones who are the most influential. And if that is what's important, why does it matter if it's a man or a woman? I don't get that. And it is hindering and impeding the growth of the church. Mm -hmm. And you know, many people are leaving, especially women, mm -hmm. because of this very thing. Mm -hmm. Well, also, if if God called you to do something, be it ministry or whatever God called you to do, you are compelled to do it. Now, You're and the fact that it might be a past preacher or whoever doesn't accept it, if God calls you, you are compelled to do it. Otherwise, you are going against what God wants you to do. And and yeah. um and and he he'll make the way. If he's called you, he will make the way for whatever he's called you to do to happen. Yes. So. And think about it. What woman in her right mind would put herself through the sheer hell of being rejected and ostracized and marginalized? Who would just choose that? Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. And so for us to, to, to overlook that, so I can look at my own life and the ministry walk that I have gone through, there have been many times, who doesn't want to take the path of least resistance? You know, right. let's just not, I don't want to go through this. Right. But something inside, you know, you, you just, it, it won't let you rest. It won't let you be comfortable. And it happens in both men and women. Right. It does. And, and it doesn't take anything away I don't know why some men, I don't know what they, I don't know if they, if it's a competition, if they see it like that, it doesn't take anything away from a male. If you are a man and you're called, a woman who's called is not going to threaten you. You all are both have the same goal, which is saving souls, bringing people to the body of Christ, um, changing people's lives, right. um, you know, ministering to the, those who, who are less fortunate. You all have the same goal. So right. what 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 is the problem? Um, I had uh, one one or the same man because I had a lot of conversations with him. He used to be in my office building, and his church was in the office building. So we would have conversations often because I'd be like, "Well, what what is it that you?" And he said, "Well, for example, when he goes out to visit the sick, or he might have to go in some, some situations where it's really not safe for a woman to go to." And I don't think a woman would put herself in an unsafe setting. She could take her brother. She could take her, her husband. She could take a, a deacon with her. That doesn't stop her from ministering, you know. So right. um, I just, if God calls the person, whomever it is, they're called. And it's not for me to say they're not called unless their fruit demonstrates otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then the Bible has instructions for that too. If they are mm -hmm. not operating in the way that they should, there's a process for that too. But um, God can call whomever. And God, right. God did not call me to preach. And I'm glad because I don't want to be one. I mean, I don't, that's not, I'm 
not my calling. We have about seven minutes left. Um, yes. So I did want to make sure that you had a chance to reiterate the title of your book and where we can find yes. it. Yes, if this is the book, it's Eve, Where Are You? Confronting Toxic Practices Against the Advancement of Women. It can be purchased wherever books are sold. You can actually go to the website, though. I have one, evewhereareyou.com, mm -hmm. or you can go to our website, empowertoengage.com, and buy it there as well. It's on Amazon, wherever it is that you like. Okay. Um, now, have you spoken at any churches on this topic? Has it gone that to that degree? Or when you talk about this, what, what are the settings that you normally are in? So normally the settings are small meetings because no one at this juncture, although we are gearing up for it, um, is having a broad conversation. We're having meetings and talks separately about what this can do, where this can go. But, it, you know, pastors are afraid. They're afraid to lose people over this. Mm -hmm. This is a church splitting conversation. It, it really is. It really it is. is. This is, is this is serious stuff and it is deeply embedded. So as we, mm -hmm. it's almost like a massaging is happening. Uh, I did witness, which was so wonderful, the very church and pastor that was the catalyst for this ministry being birthed because it was there that I, it was like the last straw of the rejection of my giftings. He has now ordained the first woman pastor and he's been pastoring over 28 years. So that was validation to me and for me that this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing because God needs his women wherever they need to be doing this, the work that he's called them to do. Now, Dr. Nicole, do you address at all in your book um, the subject of co-pastors where the husband and wife are both leading? I do. I do have oh. a portion in there. And I talk about that also from the, the standpoint, it's the same with parenting. And, you know, I think a lot of this whole leadership and headship, we get it all mixed up from the roles of what's happening in the home versus the spiritual aspect of the advancement of the kingdom. But in any place, the same where you need a man and a woman as parents in the home, the best church would be run by co-pastors where you have a male and a female, whether they're married or not so that you can have the perspective of both the male and the female to serve the congregants who are male and female. So yes, there is a section in there that talks about that. I, I, like, I like your take on it. I once heard, and this came from a female preacher, um, saying that um, she did not like the idea of having a male, or, or she did not like the idea of having co-pastors because having co-pastors means that there are two heads. And if there are two heads, it means that um, the body is deformed because it has two heads. And that's the way she saw it. So I really like the way you broke it down because there are probably a lot of people who were, um, who maybe kind of pulled back from leadership because they heard that message. Yeah, and God established it that we were co-reigning and co-rulers. We have different functions, but both are very necessary, both for mm -hmm. the home and for the church. Right. And if we would just open ourselves up to the idea that uh, no one is superior over right. the other, right. that we are both loved, we are both made in the image and likeness of God, and we both 
have a role to play. Every joint supplies, every joint. And so what that looks like, how dare we tell God when he's the one that's put the gifts and the callings on us and in us. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's not only ministry that there's a challenge in the church. My mm-hmm. sister was a deacon at her church, the Baptist church, and she was chairman of the deacon board. And she said some people wouldn't accept her as chairman of the deacon board. Most of them did, but she would get resistance, especially when they would go visit another church that that didn't have any female uh, deacons. Then sometimes they wouldn't want her to sit with the deacons. I mean, it's, it, it can be very deep. Um, and it's, you know, these attitudes are kind. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the men, the men don't want the woman telling him anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's gender. That's all flesh because yeah. spirit to spirit, why would you not want to receive what God has? Like you said, he'll use a jackass. He'll mm-hmm. use a child. He'll have a right. rock cry yeah. out. So we hinder ourselves and we diminish what God is able to do by playing God, because that's really what we're doing. Right. Right. And if 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 males had all the answers there were, then Eve wouldn't have been created to be a help me. That's what you know, which means the man needed help. If he didn't need help, Eve wouldn't have been created. So well, yeah. I break that down, Gwen. In okay. my book, I go through all the scriptures. <laughs> I break down that whole help. And it's not me, it is a help mate okay it's two separate words but the it's all in the book <laughs> okay he's my or she's my help me my help me <laughs> right right no no they don't know what that means because there's power in there like the holy ghost mm. that kind of helper okay well you know <laughs> our intuition can can uh, save a lot of situations because yes, we are too in, or more intuitive and our, our ability to discern situations, a lot of times we can see things that our, that our husbands can't see or our mates or whomever. But I know, um, you know, I, I get different perceptions than my husband, but they work together as a compliment. Yes. You know, yes. that's what they're for, to work together. That's what it's, it, and to, the two together, two is greater than one. So this yes. why, that's why. God put us together because it's more, it's more powerful. I have my husband and I, we've been together. It'll be 30 years this year. I have two adult sons and we know what it means to work together in partnership as a unit to, to validate, to respect and honor the gifts and abilities and all, and we are the better for it. Right. That is so true. Um, my husband and I have, um, we're not that far behind you. This will be, uh, we just celebrated 28 years in September. So, um, but we've been in business our entire marriage. We've been, you know, we had another business before Kush City. But what what happens is sometimes, and especially related to people, like personnel or people we encounter, mm-hmm. one of us will see if there's something dark in that person, a dark mm-hmm. motive, one of us will see it. And what happens is, after one of us sees it, the other person will almost immediately see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that way we don't we don't miss any we don't miss anything. And 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 um, you know I've been fortunate. My husband um, 
was never a chauvinist or anything like that. He he respected me. Uh, he knew about me before we met, and he had already mapped out how he was gonna. He asked me. Uh, well, he didn't really ask me. He's on the first date. That was when he said we we're, we're supposed to be married. And I thought he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the first day, but he had been following me. I mean, not following, like stalking, watching me because I was a public person. You know, I was doing a lot of writing okay. and doing things in public, and he and was paying what? attention. You know, you so <laughs> he was watching. And, so and anyway, he was right. He, he was, was right. right. <laughs> he was right. You know, but I, at first, it, it was I was I was like, oh my god, I'm out. You know, he's got me out here. He's driving. He knows where I live. <laughs> no. You know, what in the world have I gotten into? But anyway, it's 28 years later. And well, really more than that, because we dated for two years before we got married. So mm -hmm. anyway. Um, as fun uh, as this conversation is, we have to wind. Remind everybody how they can get your book. <laughs> yes. Go to my website, eveweareareyou.com or empowertoengage.com or wherever books are sold. You can also, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have a podcast by the same name. We go over all these scriptures. My husband, Tony, and I do it together nice. so that you can have both perspectives because I know we know how important that is. Um, but, or send me an email, info at empowertoengage.com. Okay, well, this has been a very lively and interesting conversation. I Thank hope you. the people out there um, who were listening gain something from it and be they male or female. So thank you so much, Nicole, for being thank a guest you. on thank Black you for having me. TV. Thank, thank you. Oh, I had a I'll be time. checking out your book. Yes, let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take care. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly had a good time doing it. I'm rolling my sleeves up because there is still much work to be done. Until next time. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please submit them at eveweareareyou.com. Or for church leaders in need of assistance in addressing these types of matters, please contact me by going to my website to submit a request for consultation. To stay connected, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Nicole Davis One and Instagram at Eve Where Are You. Now with that said, let's go be a positive force and lift up every woman everywhere. Thank you for listening.